Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. I'm excited about this episode for many reasons, but um, I'm really excited about it because I got a, f- a good friend of mine. I say good, and I don't use that term loosely. He's uh, jumped into my life probably about three years ago now, uh, or going on three years. I don't know. It seems like seems like a lifetime quite honestly but I you know whatever uh, love love him and his family uh, to death and if you if you follow heroes media group he's one of the characters of uh, a show called pushing back chaos and uh, without further ado I'm gonna bring on my friend Paul McFadden aka melon brother how are you mate Matt, I'm good. <clears throat> I'm really good. Thanks for the big intro. Yeah. And uh, yeah. shout out to all the listeners there. Yeah. We love uh, it, we love all the people who are listening on uh, Heroes Media Group and tuning in on the various channels. And it's always good to see your big head with your <laughs> sipping, sipping a big cup is. of coffee. There it is. It's, it's first thing in the morning for you. It's in the afternoon for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can see that there's a big patch of uh, fresh ink that's been applied to you. Yeah. Your left arm. Yeah, yeah. It's, you just talk uh, me through all that. It's a little, little, uh, a little sore this morning still, but uh, yeah, it's uh, twenty years in the making, and uh, um, it tells a story. It, it, you know, you look at it. It's, it's, you know, tattoos are funny. You know, it, it's. I tell people if you're gonna get one, make sure it has meaning and not a dumb one. Like, be able to tell a story and what the meaning of the purpose is behind it. And and mine from shoulder down is. Uh, tells a story from my early 20s up until kind of where I'm at in my life right now. And it, it seems I've never, that was always the thought process over the years of what I wanted to do with this sleeve. But now as I say it to you out loud for really the first time, it's it kind of puts everything full circle. And it's like, I kind of got goosebumps right now just thinking about it. <laughs> so it's, it's, super, it's super cool. <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of, uh, the people listening have tattoos or have loved ones with tattoos. Yeah, they've uh, certainly made a comeback since I was a boy, um, with all sorts of celebrities having them and so on. Now, but I'm I'm very much the same as you are, Adam. I'm like sit on the idea, make sure that that idea is exactly what you want, and that there's some strong meaning in the background that you're really capturing. And are you capturing it right? Are you, are you having an idea that's a flash in the pan? Yeah, because I don't know about you, but I remember seeing. A few army mates back in the day who may have had a few sherbets, a few orange whips, go in and pick a tattoo off the wall of the parlor and wake up in the morning. (laughs) One of them had a pink parrot on his shoulder, and that was, I mean, it's all bad, right? I I remember my first first one out of of basic training, and, and, uh, you know, at that time, everybody was getting like their girlfriend's name or whatever, you know, on it. and, And, unfortunately i was i was i fell victim to that but i did it in like old english letters and small lettering because i'm thinking if this doesn't last i'll just get it covered up right like that was <laughs> that was my thought and i did i ended up getting it covered up but like these guys were getting like these giant hearts with the flowers and a giant ribbon through it and i'm like man in five years you're gonna have a line through that and another ribbon with somebody else's name on it man. <laughs> like, what are you doing so. uh I, li- I liked it but your new one and uh, one of my old ones, we've, we've actually got some of the same stuff here yeah. where I've got some, 
Yeah. Archangel yeah. Michael, yeah. St. Michael with his, his sword in the wings. And you obviously you've got the same thing there. Obviously, that uh, yeah. significance that uh, St. Michael has to a lot of military uh, members around the world. There, yeah, yeah. I think with with, with mine, uh, the thought process on it was when I was like, I wanted him. He's taken he's taken a knee, and he's got the the shield with the armor armor of God uh, on it, and um, you know my tattoo guy who just happened to be a, an army veteran himself. He's like, let's throw some dog tags on the on the on the sword. I'm just like, oh god, yeah, let's that's, poof. yeah, let's let's you know let's do that. And he, and he modernizes it, it so it's Saint Michael taking a knee, <clears throat> but he's got a rucksack on with his sleeping pack and combat boots. So he kind of, I, I look at it like you know in today, especially in today's world, you look at things that are going on, and if if you're if you believe in in God, and if you don't, just you know, just listen for a minute. But if you if you believe in God, and, and you're on, and you've been to combat, you've been on the battlefield. It's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, you're you're a soldier going towards your objective, but you have like the angels there as well. And most people don't realize that you know God had an army as well, and so it's it's almost like that vis- visualization of modern day soldier, and then you know you have an angel watching over you at all times well it's super cool and it sort of does tie into the topic that we, we would we we're just on a call the other day and we just sort of both of us got to talking about what we've been getting up to and you know there's there's all the different aspects of life the mental emotional spiritual but the physical is is a big part of it right and that's yeah. you got to be firing all of those four pillars to be having a, a life that's fulfilled and meaningful and yeah yeah you just had the great idea of hey let's get together and talk about some old man strength type topics <laughs> well, i think you and I, I you know it's it's always funny because when when you and i get the opportunity to to talk and uh, um first off i i appreciate our friendship and and what and you guys have, have very much you and the family have very much become part of, of my family and you know, you've you've met Little Bird and whatnot when you guys came stateside and, and whatnot, and it's it's just I always have a good time talking with you. And if you look at our our paths in life, it although we've been on different paths, it's almost like they run kind of parallel with each other. We've yeah. you know either I've gone through something that you're currently going through, or you've gone through through something that I'm starting to to go through or whatnot and that's um i i like that because it's it it leads us into we've i mean we've had some pretty deep conversations and uh and, and this is a, another one like you know old man strength i i'm looking at you know i just turned 45 a couple weeks ago and i'm physically stronger than i was 20 years ago now people are probably going to listen well like well no shit you know like that's you know, you're supposed to yeah, it doesn't like once you hit forty, you, it, it's kind of like where you start. Everybody says, "Well, when you hit forty, it's over. It's all downhill from there, right?" I don't, I don't think that. I think that's a mindset. And and one of the things that I've said over the, I don't know, the course of the last probably five six years, I said, by the time I'm forty five, I want to be in the best damn shape of my life. And you know, I'm I'm not a tiny guy. I'm six two two seventy. Um. And it's a it's a uh, a stout two seventy and 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 
I've been 270 for about two years, but the 270 that I am today doing this show is a polar opposite than the 270 I was two years ago. Like two years ago, had a big beard gut. My my pants were tight, and I was trying to suck it in to fit. Like all my my clothes don't fit. You know, my my pants are are too big for me now. You know, I'm I'm losing it where I need to be losing it, and I'm putting on muscle where um, I've never had muscle before. And it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool. Are you are you experiencing stuff like that? Are you do you feel stronger? Well, it's it's such an interesting thing to talk about, Adam, because I agree that there's like a an agreement. I think that you know you just the numbers increase and you just head downhill. And like I know I know plenty of guys. I don't know about you, but Guys are in the best shape at high school. Like people I know, and I'm like, what would you take that as the pinnacle? Because it's it's one of these endeavors that pursuing it and just continuing to walk down that road, it doesn't have to be a downhill journey at all. It can be a really slong, slow uphill gradient where you're continuing to make gains. Yeah, and certainly the learning and the understanding and the how to train and what to train. Like they just keep keeps being incremental gains, you know, like you're getting that two percent compounding return on your knowledge okay. over that time as well as the actual lifting itself. And for sure for me, like I I'm not hundred percent sure whether I'm lifetime strongest at the moment, but it's like I just hit a number the other day. I hit a five by five deadlift on uh I think it's four forty pounds in in pounds, two hundred kilo, five by five. And I'm forty six, so I'm a year out ahead of you. And I just feel like, like I'm not really sure why I'm I'm in this period of strength at the moment. But it's like, let's just get together, put our heads together, and and maybe there's a few common threads, like you're saying, where you and I, different continents, different time zones, right. different uh, childhoods, and whatnot. But we're running on similar similar tracks here. You know, I I read something somewhere that if you want longevity in your life as as you get older you're supposed to lift heavier. And and with that said, I I think it, it uh, some of it is a mat- uh we mature a- as we get older. So, you know, when we're younger, we're probably you know, the, the technique when lifting wasn't really a concern. It was just how much weight you could lift and 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 you didn't give a damn about the technique and whatnot and and now that I'm older, I pay more attention to the technique of, of how you do things. And this kind of leads into more stuff like technique is you can incorporate that really in anything in life. But if you use the proper technique, you're going to you'll you'll lift heavier. And at least that's what you're it's supposed to say. Like you get older, your joints start hurting. Like my shoulder, you know, I've had some shoulder injuries in the past, you know, knee injuries in the past. So technique is very important as you get older because if you don't do it right, then you could cause catastrophic injury, I think. And I think for us, we're a little more seasoned and aged, and and we're definitely more mature than we were 20 years ago, I I would think. Um, At least that's what I'm going to tell you. And and I'm more cautious of when I lift, how I lift that weight. Yeah, I agree with that. So like I I was lucky enough to have some really good guys that I lifted with from a pretty young age. I started lifting probably when I was about 13, 14. Oh, wow. The, uh, the college I went to had a the rowing program. So the rowers 
were allowed to go to the gym with the coach at, at the earliest age and sort of got into it at that time with squatting as a as the core exercise. And then uh, when I was in the army, straight out of school, when I was 17, 18, it was a good group of guys who really lifted a lot. Yeah. But then I trained with a guy, he was an Australian title holder in powerlifting, 100 kilo class. Um, what would he be? A 290, so six, over 600 pound deadlifter sort of a guy. And he was super strict, just super strict with the technique, you know. It was like, no, 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 don't be moving those joints, don't be moving this, this is the thing you're trying to train. Right. And so he was really like technique above all other things. And so I got that at 19 and then I've sort of had that with me. And I I agree with you 100% at this age, I'm like, I need to avoid injuries and I need to plan my my lifting. But while I'm lifting, I'm listening to my body a bit more than I used to. Right. So, So in that... Certainly, the technique. Like I'm, I'm, my my program is a simple program. I uh, Mark Ripito popularized it. There's a few other people who use it. A five by five program with a single uh, heavy uh, exercise like squats, deadlifts, overhead press, or bench. And I'll typically do squat and or deadlift every day I go. And then one of the other sort of upper body uh, alternating that in. And um, I'm trying to be in the gym for like for, like lifting for 45 minutes or less, and and I lifted a higher a higher weight than I did back in the day. Yeah, my reps are lower, and but I'm not I'm not like sweaty and tired when I'm done, but right. I am hooked because I'm pushing pretty heavy weight. Okay, so here's here's what I'm hearing with that. I I hear that, and I I immediately think that's a power lifter. Power power lifting. Because you, you're doing heavier weight, lower reps, and you, and you're you're just you, strength, like just just sure strength. My routine's a little bit different. So when I tra- when I train, it's usually for about I'm I'm usually in the gym for about two hours, and and I I'll do a push pull, uh, and I and I superset every I try to superset everything. So like I'll I'll do, use arms for example. I'll start off with triceps, and I'll do like let's say push downs. And I'll do a weight that's heavy, but something that I can do 10, 12 reps for my first set. And then I will immediately go and grab some dumbbells. And I usually get like 40-pound dumbbells, and I'm doing, I'm repping out for, for bicep curls, uh, alternate bicep curls. And then I take a one-minute break. And then I go do the second. And I do five sets like that. And they, I superset all five. And then I move on to the next exercise. And I try to do... Four to five exercises, five sets of each exercise. I try to do heavy, like I'm, I'm, I do pretty heavy, but I want to make sure I get at least eight to ten reps in. And that there is usually because, and this is a mental thing. I, I carried this uh, with me all through childhood into adulthood. But it was like I was a, I was a really dorky kid when i was younger like i was i was skinny like i had i look you know those little bobble heads you know yeah. like the real small body and a giant head that was me i'd be walking around just like trying to <laughs> hold my head still just because i had this tiny tiny frame and so i was always trying i got into bodybuilding late in life and i not that i ever wanted to compete but i was um fascinated by how you could build your body with hypertrophy and that was what I was looking for. I wanted to build hypertrophy. I wanted to look like the big guy. Didn't always have to be the strongest. 
But once I got to the point where I started kind of feeling out more, you start lifting more weights. And now I'm like, you know, at 45 years old, I, I'll set, uh, like, I won't do anything more than 225. Like I, I, because I, I feel like I have no, I have no business where I need to be lifting that much weight anymore. So I'll set 225 and I'll do, you know, four or five sets of that. And I usually rep that out. Now it's, it's getting easier, which is like, uh, you know, that temptation is like, oh, let's move it up 315, add another plate or something. <laughs> but then at the same Dude. time, you sit up afterwards, you're sitting there and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. It's, this is really interesting, right? Because, you know, we're sort of talking about this and, and both of us are achieving and hitting numbers and in, in a good training patch at the moment. And it's really, it's very different. It's really interesting to hear how different this is with the amount of time yeah. uh, that you're lifting for the supersetting technique and the higher reps. So uh, what I think that this says to people is that there's many different ways to achieve yeah. the task, right? You know, and you, you don't have to be like, well, what does the magazine with Ronnie Coleman on the front say? And I'll go copy <laughs> Ronnie. You can figure out what works for you, and there's many pathways, right? So I, I avoided the higher reps specifically because yeah. I had to lose weight to fit into the ejection seat in the aircraft I fly. Yeah. And it was like if I train in the 10 to 12 rep range, I keep growing. Yeah. And if I keep it down around five reps, that's like a, a really sweet spot for me with strength and just a, just enough muscle growth to not get too heavy. Nice. So it's interesting, right? Like different yeah, goals, different it, pathways. It, 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 there's always there's something different. You really got to find what works for you. Let me ask you this, Melon. Do you do any type of like cardiovascular, like calisthenic uh, in your routine at all? Yeah, so my the weight program has been consistent for like a really long time. Yeah. You know, like I've been lifting this 5 by 5 mod a modified powerlifting program. Um aimed at staying strong for rugby is what it's been uh, based on. Right, so yeah. a lot of yeah. all functional movements and never use any straps or belts or anything that I'm never going to have them on the pitch. So it's all just being able to put body power through your own body without machines, nearly all barbell sort of movements. Yeah. But then it's always had a lot of running on the rugby pitch. So a lot of speed work. And I feel like, I feel like everyone needs to, there go my dogs. I feel like everybody needs to have those two pillars, right? You're like the strength plus that uh, VO2 max or sprinting type training. So you're getting speed work as well as the strength. And I reckon that with, with only one of those two, you're really going to miss out. Right. I So it's – I used to think I could run horrible at it. Like that's why yeah. when I joined the military, I joined transportation. I could drive everywhere. I didn't have to walk or run or do any of that crap. And in fact, like it's actually kind of funny watching me run now because it's it's there's no technique at all. It's it's um, I laugh at myself when, when I try to run, but I understand the importance of it. I got into cycling um, mm. and I used to ride at elevation um, uh, in my early 20s and cycling was kind of did it for me. So I. I'll jump on the bike and I'll try to spend, you know, 40, 45. I try to get 10 miles and I try to do a sprint where like, how fast can I bike 10 miles? And, and I try to keep a, 
you know, uh, a 15 mile an hour pace. And I only do that because there's a gentleman down in Texas, uh, an older, older gentleman who's been a friend of mine for years, kind of a mentor. Um, he cycles and he'll, when he goes, he goes like 50, 60 miles and he tries to keep a 15 mile an hour pace. And that just kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, if he can do that. So can I, well, can't like the guy's just a different machine. Um, but it's something that I've I've worked up to. I've kept a twelve to thirteen mile an hour pace, but my goal is always like, how fast can I get to ten, and then from there I can kind of just cool off, and I'll try to do like if I'm doing a twelve, if like if I when I'm planning the workout, if I'm gonna bike, if I know I'm gonna do twelve miles, I leave myself like an hour block, I hit the ten as fast as I can, and then I'll go the last two miles as like a cool down. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Now it's interesting. I had um I had knee surgery this past September and they actually caused me to miss a rugby season now for the first time ever that I've ever missed a rugby season. I was not, not able to run. I had I had a lot of knee pain. Eventually stopped trying to just sleep it off and went and saw someone. He's like, No, 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 Melon, you you need uh knee surgery here, you torn your meniscus. And that recovered pretty quick. Yeah. And then but the knee pain was just like persistent and I was like trying to run and I was doing all the physio work and, and weights and everything. And I saw the surgeon. He's like, now what you've got here is you've damaged the bone, like the cushion between the, in the knee that sort of supports the top and bottom leg. That's been damaged from heavy impact <clears throat> over years. And the bone is bruised. And, we, we, you know, they had to do some smoothing work, which I sort of imagine is a sandpaper, bit of sandpaper sanding <laughs> off the damaged bone, right? And it's like, he's like, that is going to take six months to heal. It's not soft tissue. It's not ligaments. It's not musculature. Physio won't help. You've just got to rest this out. And so I've been, at the moment, I'm sort of like, I'm a bit of a low ebb with the cardio. I'm strong at the moment, but I've been spinning, like which is where I'm coming from. You're talking about cycling. And yeah. that same like 30 or 60 minute sessions where you're, you're in that peak heart rate, like I'm getting it up to sort of 160 for periods the fast high tempo songs and the heavy resistance and stuff. Yeah. You know, when I'm saying that you need to, the dogs love it. The VO2 work, cardio work, like it, it, for me, it doesn't have to be running. Ideally it will be because, you know, my knee will be back together and Humpty Dumpty will be repaired again. But I, it's just anything. I think it's a speed element and moving your own body around. And I think a bike is an excellent one, especially for these joints on these maybe not quite so young uh, warriors that we're referring to <laughs> with the old man strength group. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I started getting into that mindset of, you know, I, I like the fact that I'm lifting heavier, but now I'm getting to the point also where I want to start using like multi-movements in it. And you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, so instead of instead of like just doing a a a, uh, a bicep curl, take a bicep curl and then move it into a some type of press above your head, and then down and then squat, and like just do like a multi movement thing. And I because yeah. I think stuff like that is important, and especially I mean for guys like you that are still you know compete and an athlete. You you're going to be using more of those multi movements. Me like I got to do it so it helps me just get my ass out of bed or out of this chair. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I agree. I agree. Like my training philosophy for a long time has been, you know, that there's, you know, we, we're descended from friggin' cavemen and, and apes and whatnot. And none of us have ever, ever exercised a quadricep on its own without hamstring engagement until the invention of the Nautilus leg extension machine. Right. Right. So we're designed, you know, a monkey stops and squats down and stands up and moves on again or goes up a tree or whatever. It's all, all of it's firing at the same time. It's coordinated movement of the whole body is engaged. And so, you know, there's a, there's like, I'll do prehab and rehab work for shoulders and, and other body parts where I need like some, some specific stuff. But the core of my stuff is literally squat, bench, deadlift and overhead press. And I'll, I'm like, just move, move something, pick up something heavy and move it a long distance. Yeah. Like a good stroke with a lot of weight, put the bar down and go home. Don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> I love that. You said in a key word there, core. Uh, let me tell you something. That is probably, and, and this is something that I, I teach uh, Little Bird right now like what's you know as you get he's like, he asked me like what what's the hardest thing that, or what's the one thing i could do now that's going to help me later on work your core work your core because it, it helps you with any type of lift that you do you're engaging your 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 core and, and what do i mean by engaging your core like you know, your stomach muscles your lower lower back your erector spinase you know in your in your lower back um don't i'm not a fan of full-blown sit-ups you use more of your hip flexors for that but like crunchies or or uh, you know uh, running mans and if you don't know what those are look those look those up you can find different find core exercises that that work for you um but and why am i saying all this i recently got turned on to those uh indian clubs uh, yeah right. Yeah, so I st- I was like a friend of mine swears up and down by him, and I thought he that was, but it, he started getting ripped, and I was like, dude, what are you? I said, you're looking good, man. What are you doing? He's like, I work out with these Indian clubs, and I was like, well, how heavy are they? He's like two pounds, and I'm like, <laughs> like in the back of my mind, I didn't want to be insulting, but I was just like, how the hell are you getting ripped off of two pound Indian clubs? I was like, I gotta try. He's like, don't knock it till you try it. He's like, I dare you to order some and try it. And I was like, all right. Can, can you describe them? Can you describe so, them yeah, for so us? Like, like in, in Indian clubs. So like the traditional Indian clubs, they look like a um, picture, like a, a juggling club or like a kind of like a bowling pin, but it's not as, mm. as thick. Right. So take a picture of bowling pin where the, the head of the pin isn't as thick. It's kind of skinnier. All right. Or, or you've seen, like at the, if you've ever been to the circus or, or, or you see those guys juggling those things, it's, that's exactly what they look like is like what those guys juggle, right? And they're, uh, some are made of steel, but the traditional ones are made out of like a really hard wood. Um, and, and they're actually kind of cool. And he warned me, don't get heavy ones, start off with, you know, two pound ones. I'm like, whatever, I'm going five, 10 pounds. So I order the five 10 pound ones and they come in and I like, I'm holding it and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is, this is crazy. Like I, like I tried moving it because it's, it's, it focuses on like, um, 
particular exercise i'm trying to strengthen my shoulder girdles and like the, the different tendons and stuff like that so you're taking a 10 pound indian club and you go to swing it and ain't you, you your body's telling you hold on there scooter let's let's not uh let's not do that so i ended up ordering the two pound ones <laughs> and i sit there and i do this workout that he sends me and it, the workout's maybe 15 minutes Melon, let me tell you, I was sweating profusely with these two-pound clubs, swinging them back and forth, and I feel stronger in my because it forces you to flex your stomach. My, yeah. I haven't had I. You could see, like I'm lifting my arm above. I haven't been able to do this in years. Like I'm lifting my arms higher above my head. I have no pain in my shoulders anymore. I used to have a lot of pain in my right shoulder. Like You're wrong. this stuff's amazing. Um, so Indian clubs, get, give them a shot because there's a lot of cool exercises that you can do, and you get a full body workout with just two pounds in your in each hand. It's so a lot of this stuff I reckon, be, like joint prehab, rehab, and uh, movement kinesthetics. You know, getting your body moving through moving movement patterns, super important. Yeah. And they, they say that there's a lot of um, like old age decline uh, related with some of the stuff along the road to, to Alzheimer's and stuff. They reckon there's specific exercises, like people who dance, who do martial arts, where they're moving their body through a set routine. Yeah. They can delay a lot of that stuff. You're keeping those uh, synapses and neurons connected, right? So I reckon there's really something in there in that Indian clubs. I've seen... Similar workout maybe with kettlebells or is this more yeah, no because I'm picturing I'm picturing almost like a martial arts style stick fighting type movements. Um like tie sticks would be yeah. would be like like uh I didn't even think about that. I'm glad you 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 mentioned that because that that's kinda you you do some movements that you like if you're in a martial arts and you're into like Muay Thai or, or like if you use like tie sticks uh, or like any any of like the the far east uh arts mm-hmm. um with weapons you see a lot of that type of it makes sense now i never even thought about that now that now that you say that but it thinking about it yeah you use a lot of those types of movements uh with it there's one that i like it's actually it's more of a swimming movement you know i i like i like being in the water swimming is it's therapeutic for me um mm-hmm. great workout too but you take these sticks and you're just, it's like, you're just doing a backstroke. And I'm telling you, you do that. I challenge you to do that for two minutes and not get tired. Right. And I can just see for the listeners, I can just see Adam's shoulder movement yeah. really is like, looks like a, a teenage swimmer yeah. more than, I mean, more than a 45 year old guy who's got quite a lot of muscle around his shoulders. Yeah. It, it's, it's uh, and I, this shoulder, I've separated this shoulder twice uh, before and and uh one where i was in a sling for four months uh and 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 then another six months of rehab on it and you know i shouldn't be benching what i'm benching now and i shouldn't be able to lift my my hand Mm. way you know way back it's it's great this is this is another one another element here you know like you do you do figure out the parts your body got to take care of you know like i'm super strict with back position and um, hips and knees and everything when I'm squatting and deadlifting because that's going to be the part that's bearing the biggest load and I'll, I'll take longer in my warm-up now, a lot more stretching and dynamic stretching at the start. So 
I'm not doing a stretch the leg out straight and do a hamstring stretch. I'm doing like high kicks. So a dynamic movement's occurring where the blood's getting into the muscle. You're increasing the temperature at the beginning of the uh, workout. And I'll do those static stretches at the end as a part of a cool down. But I take that warm-up period a bit more um, seriously now. It's pretty funny. I end up doing pretty much the same warm-up if I'm on the rugby pitch or in the gym. The same exercises, the same stretches, the same dynamic elements at the start. And then, you know, and I'll I'll start pretty light. And I'm just going to, for example, squats yesterday, I'm just going to see how the movement's feeling on the day. And I've gone in there with an idea of what I'm going to train, but I'm really feeling and listening to my body a bit more. So I might hit a few more warm-up sets on a given day. I'm like, right, I just need to leave one plate either side here and just keep doing a few, you know, three, maybe a fourth set. And then if it's feeling warm, I'll increase. And if it's not, I'll, I might just pull the pin there and go to the next exercise. So there's experience that you've accumulated over these years yeah. and, you, and you, you're you not a young guy going in, I've got this program I have to get from the exercise one to exercise 10. I'm going in there and I'm like, I've got an aim and on a on a day where I'm a bit creaky and sore or I've got a few issues, I'll just cut it away pretty early. But then on other days, I'll really get after it, which is sort of what's happened with my deadlift over the last month where I just, I'm training at this uh, remote base. I don't have a squat rack. I don't have a bench. There are limited exercises and I'm like, man, I've not really deadlifted probably for a good couple of years now. But now I'm like six weeks of consistent deadlifting and i've just had this every week um getting stronger and like a significant increase like a 20 20 kilo increase over three to four weeks where i ended up on this 440 pound uh five by five set i just i'm like i don't really understand what's happened here but i've felt good and on the days i felt good i've just gone after it and just followed that had you know ride that wave on a strong day and on the days where I'm not feeling it, I just back it off a bit more and move on to a, you know, change the exercise. I, I think what's really cool about what you're saying here, Paul, is is uh, <clears throat> I like that you say when you, you go in, you warm up, and you're 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 feeling out the body, you're listening to your body, and I think for a lot, at least a lot of you younger younger fellows and, and even gals out there that are that are listening, you know. You, if you go in and you say, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, and you have to hit every single you don't. Listen listen to your body. Your body's going to tell you, like what Paul's saying is like, you know, listen to your body. The important thing is, is that you're doing something. You, mm. didn't, you didn't stay at home. You went in and you did something. And that's the, that's, that's, I think that's probably the most important thing out of everything that we're telling you right now is you're, you're doing something. You're at least getting to the gym, or you're going outside for that walk, or that bike ride, or that run, or or you're taking five gallon buckets and you're walking up and down your your street doing you know farmers carries or or, or whatever the case may be. You're constantly moving and doing something to improve your your overall strength and and uh, health and mental well being. You know, and and I think that's that's an important key that we we need to point out here is is that you know don't go in just like oh well I didn't I didn't make that fourth or fifth set who cares you got to the gym you did three sets you did something which is more than probably 90 percent of the people in the world that are going to do anything anyway. Yep, I am one hundred percent there with you. Where I was last year, around six months ago, 
maybe 12 to six months ago. I really had, for the first time in my life, not had a massive desire on the way home from work, really looking forward to getting my gym gear and going to the gym. Yeah. And like if I trained less than, like if I only went three times a week, it'd be pretty unusual and I'd feel a bit, you know, like not good. Six to 12 months ago, I was just, I was really like this, the sun go down and I'd still be in my work clothes thinking, man, I've not, I've not jumped into my, my training gear and, 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 and got a workout in. And I just had to be a bit honest with myself and say, look, I'm just don't have the energy, motivation, whatever it is. And I can't wait for that to come back. Like whatever that pep in my step that I'm waiting for here, that's not going to happen. I know I've just got to get to the gym three to four times a week. And I'm just going to have to grind out some workouts. Like it's not, it's not going to be a period where, you know, I'm going to get music in the ears as I walk in the gym and there's going to be a ray of light shining. I mean, I'm going to be getting after it. And I just, but I just sort of, after about two to three months of that, honestly, it, like my physiology responded to in that being put in that environment, the mentality shifted, the emotions, the thoughts, and it all, and the energy came back to me. And I've fallen into this period right now where I'm just really loving it again. But I think sometimes you do have to graft it out. You're just gonna you're gonna get in there and grind it. And there are times we're gonna have the energy to go naturally, and you can't wait for the energy. You know, you can't wait to be. I'll sit on the couch until I'm super motivated. It's not gonna work. I hear I hear that, and I'm glad you say that because here's what I hear, and and I'm saying this, folks, because this was me. Um, I wasn't disciplined to go. I was like, oh, I'm thinking about going. Oh, I'll go tomorrow. You put it off. I wasn't disciplined. And I'll and I tell you what it took. It took Little Bird coming home from college, showing, trying to show me up. And, I was, and, and, and you, you know, he was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready for <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not ready for that. So then it was, it immediately hit that light switch where it was like, oh, mm-mm. you know what? 4 a.m., like in bed by 9 10 i'm in bed usually by 10 o'clock at night i'm up at four o'clock in the morning my alarm's going off and i'm in the gym by five uh at, awesome. the, at the latest and that's and the, and then but that sets my day i'm i'm a morning person i have to work out right away in the morning i've tried doing in the afternoons i can't stand the afternoon crowd um and when you get in there early nobody else like everybody hates the morning so it's like yeah. you usually have the gym to yourself anyway um and I know we, I know we got to wrap up here, Melon, but I, there's something else I want to ask you. What was it now? Recovery. Mm. What type of recovery do you do you do? Do you do any like the that crazy weird recovery stuff? Like, hey, I'm gonna go. You know, I know you're out kind of in a hot area. Do you take like cold baths or or like infrared saunas or? I'm like the low tech of all low tech, uh, Adam. You know, I'll, I'll hit the gym, and when I'm, do- I generally the weight increases during my workouts, and I'll hit the heavy stuff for a period at the end there, and then go and get some su- supplemental movements, and go home. And I'm big on post workout nutrition for recovery, so I have a very specific uh, combination of protein, fats, and that I, I'm getting in yeah. in my post workout. Yeah. You know, protein powder, hydrolyzed way if I can get it. Cocoa with no sugar, berries, flax meal, flax oil, greens. I think that's about it. And if I'm having carbohydrates, I'll put uh, really, really ripe bananas in there as a source of uh, like fructose. 
And if I'm trying to lose body weight, I just will skip the carbohydrate elements and have that with water. So you're very like uh, disciplined when it comes to the intake of the food that you. Yeah, and that's something so else like my, that we haven't really talked about. So talk about that a little bit more. Like how important so my, my, is it? My, my body, my body type, like my whole family tend to be overweight. Like I'm more of the, you know, I can put on. 5, 10, 12 pounds in a five-week holiday, no problem at all. You know what I mean? Like all the carbohydrates in the world, the pasta and the custard and the potatoes, I mean, that is, yeah, I've got to be careful. And the older I'm getting, the more careful I am with that stuff. Yeah. So my typical nutrition is I'm an intermittent faster, so I don't, I just have black coffees all morning and then typically eat my first meal. I'm sort of restricting it to about a seven-hour window. Of food intake with a, and if I need to cut body body fat at all, I'll just eliminate carbohydrates as well. But my post workout nutrition is my real. I really am very intentional about what I'm getting in there and that that shake that I'm having, and so really it's a large volume, and I typically have half of that eat a meal and have another shake after that. All right, I got a quick question for you. Again, I apologize. I know we got to wrap up, but I you you mentioned intermittent fasting. It's something I, I'm a firm believer in, but for the listeners that don't know what it is, can you explain how you do it? Because you're talking about your post-workout meal. Are you taking yeah. that post-workout meal like right after, like when you get home, you're you're eating something, or are you waiting several hours to complete a certain amount of time for that fast before you eat? Yeah, great question. So I, I'm an after. So it's really interesting. Everybody listening, like a how a different atom of my routine is. I'm an afternoon lifter. I'm get up, go to work, fly, get that out of the way, come home and lift. Uh, at, at, after the work day's ended for me, and that's in the middle of my eating period. So I wake up in the morning and I'm just like black coffees in the morning, and just that's all I'm having sort of until, and I'm a start work at five thirty kind of person, and I'll typically eat a meal with a salad and. Uh, a chicken or a protein of some kind at around 12 to 1 p.m. And then I'll lift around uh, 5 p.m. and I'll have a shake after that, typically at 6, and a, and a solid meal and a, sort of the shake either side of a solid meal. So I'm I'm just – I'm having a, an extended period of time after waking up where I'm not eating. This is what the intermittent fasting is. There's a period in your day where you're simulating our ancestors getting up in the cave and there's no food. They don't have a fridge. They get food after they've been out foraging or hunting. So there's activity and exercise occurring in a slightly fasted state. It keeps you sharp. It keeps your body burning the uh, fat stores and, and so on there. And for me, I just, I eat better and cleaner if I'm doing this. And so I'm trying to restrict my eating window to like a 1 p.m. till 7 or 8 p.m. at night. And I just get all my meals in, in that time. And I'm pretty clean eater as well. So you get up in the morning. At what time do you normally get up? About four fifty. So four. So rough four or five o'clock in the morning, and it's from that time to you said your first meal usually takes place around one p.m. That's right. All right. So, it, folks, the reason why I'm, I'm trying to paint that picture is look at the time frame there. From we'll say five a.m. to 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 one p.m. or four thirty to to one p.m is is that that's a fast time or actually it's it's longer than that because his last meal is is roughly around what 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 would you say at so look, i'd have a shake i might have the second half of my shake around 8 p.m all right so eight, you're not eating after 8 p.m so from 8 p.m till 1 p.m the next day you got a lot of hours there that's how you intermittent fast that's very similar to what i do 
uh, on mine as well. So when I get up in the morning, it's it's you know I, I'm a coffee owner. I drink copious amounts of coffee to get me through, and then usually it's it's like uh, noon around twelve o'clock is when I'll start eating, and then I'll I won't I try not to eat anything after eight. I'm a foodie. I got to get more disciplined on it. I've slipped. I'm I'm calling myself out on it. But when I don't eat after 8 p.m., I sleep better. I have more energy mm-hmm. the next day. And I know the workout the next day is because uh, when I get to the gym at 5 o'clock that next morning, I'm I'm geared and ready to go. And I think a lot of the, that helps with the old man strength. 100%, man. So It's pretty funny. Like So in this conversation, you heard there's two pretty dissimilar uh, overall – philosophies on the training and what what we found works for us uh, but we're talking two pretty experienced guys like it's not our first rodeo I've been doing this for an extended period and here we are past the midpoint in our 40s and we're both you know if not lifetime strongest I'm, I'm pretty damn close to it I might not be lifetime fastest right. but I've got a lot of knowledge and then we've also got ended up with a really similar food philosophy with the intermittent fasting for me I have to do a lot of carbohydrate control to keep my uh, body fat where I want it and uh and cardio for me is the extra bit that brings it down yeah and that's and that's that's kind of the same uh same with me i i love it melon i, I know we got to wrap this up man um it's always great to see you and i, I appreciate it. this was fun man i'm glad that we had the opportunity to come out and, and those of you that are listening hope you guys took some notes um uh, take take some notes and one of the other things i want to say is um you can hear Melon on Pushing Back Chaos. Uh, they do a weekly show, uh, and they it's actually it's on video. So if, if you look up on YouTube, Pushing Back Chaos, you'll be able to see uh, the thunder from down under and uh, our our brother uh, <laughs> Tio and and Mike uh, on there, and they they always bring a lot of great conversations, and uh, you learn a lot from it. So make sure you guys go check that out uh, as well. So. Melon, thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on the show, Adam. It's a it's a privilege, man, and I always love our conversation. Uh, me too, man. Me too. Hey, folks, make sure you go check out uh, all the other shows over on our parent network, Heroes Media Group. Go to heroesmediagroup.com. That's all the time that we got for today. Till next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.